What happens when two parent coaches, one a Christian and the other an agnostic Jew, sit down to talk about parenting? I'm Dina Thayer. And I'm Kira Dorian. Welcome to Raising Adults, a podcast about future-focused parenting. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another mini episode of the Raising Adults podcast. We're going to take you on a spin cycle of a listener question today. Actually, I think we're going to get through a couple listener questions. So Kira and I will promise to talk fast, but we wanted to address these things. And we just want to say we really appreciate it too. We love hearing from you and you might hear an episode and it leads you to a follow-up question or something else you're wondering about that, that maybe we didn't quite get to. Or perhaps there's a topic you'd really like us to cover that we haven't yet. So let us know those too. You can always email us info at futurefocusedparenting.com. Send those our way. We love them. So we've got a couple questions today. I'm going to just start with this first one. This is from a listener, Catherine. How do I start the conversation about a big change with my kid when I didn't start from the beginning? So essentially, how would you go about, hey, I want to implement something I haven't been doing all along? How do you even go about that? That's such a great question. What do you think? Well, I've had this happen where maybe I even hear from someone like you because you have amazing ideas. Doesn't Kira have amazing ideas? (laughs) I've literally learned things on this podcast. That's what's so great. (laughs) Or I'm with a friend or I read a book and I go, oh, I should have been doing that all along. And I'm, I'm maybe at a little bit of an advantage here because I have old enough kiddos that they can understand if I say, hey, I'm really wanting to do this this way, and I haven't been. We're going to start doing it. I think, though, when kids are littler, it looks a little bit different. But there's two great things about that. Number one, depending on the age, you might be able to just start. They might not need some song and dance around it. You can just do it. Chat with your partner if your parenting is part of a couple. Figure it out and go for it. But the other thing with younger ones, and we we can tend to forget this, is they're super adaptable. Yes. And so even if you've been doing something one way and you need to change it, you can. And and that actually was, I think, kind of part of her other question was, hey, what if I'm finding something doesn't work and um, I need to tweak it? Then you can. They are really, kids are really amazing mm-hmm. and they can adapt. So I kind of say this is one where it's okay to say don't stress too much. Mm-hmm. It can sound, I think, a little bit from us sometimes like, oh, my goodness, Kira and Dina just have it all together. Well, A, not the case. Not 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 even close the case you know we're we're in the hard a lot and we flub up all the time but also just to know that when something isn't working it's okay to change it yeah and it doesn't have to freak you out yeah and i think it comes back to we talked about this before the idea of things taking a couple days for kids right so it's gonna be uncomfortable for a couple days and you might have to really focus on that change maybe they're used to coming home and turning on the tv and you've decided you want to cut down some screen time oh i have an update on that by the way so remind me to come back to okay that at the end of this um you know or or maybe there's um their room has always been a mess and you've let it be a mess and now we're implementing you're going to clean up before each day ends you know that's going to be really awkward and bumbly and uncomfortable for quite a few days and just being okay with that like accepting that making peace with the fact that it it just might not feel good for a few days but again staying future focused that eventually you will get to the other side yeah and just a reminder i know we've said this before but just a reminder if if you get pushback it doesn't mean it's not working right or if it doesn't work the first time doesn't mean it's not working i think sometimes parents try things and then when it doesn't go amazingly in the first few attempts mm-hmm. they kind of throw it out yeah. and we would encourage you just stick with something give it a try if, if it resonates with you whether you heard it here or heard it from a friend or read it and you really want to try it 
try it for more than a minute. Yeah, because and I get that. I get that tendency to feel like, okay, well, this isn't working and this is uncomfortable and it's taking all of my attention. So why do I want to take what little energy I have as a parent? Because I get that. Um, why do I want to put that energy into keep to keep going? Yes, it would make you want to bail. Yeah, it totally. It's made me want to bail a million times. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think that it's the staying the course, giving it a fair shot. You know, it's it's not going to be the first two times. You got to maybe give it ten times or mm-hmm. twelve times, and then you then you're allowed to say that's not working. You're also allowed to absolutely say, that's allowed not to working. say that's not working. Um, and so I'll I'll come to my screen time thing yes. because that's a great example. So in the um, screen time episode, you shared that brilliant nugget about one for one. Oh, the so tying every, it to reading. Yes, yeah, so every minute you read, you get a minute of screen time. And I was chewing on that, and I was thinking about taking one of their 30 minutes a day. They get, you know, the top of the day and the bottom of the day. I was chewing on taking one of those and making it something that they earn. And I'm like, this is a great idea. Anyway, uh, my son had a reading explosion where he suddenly discovered he can read chapter books, and he loves it, and it's his favorite thing, and actually started um, saying, I'm not going to watch my morning show. I'd like to go to my room and read. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, which is fantastic, uh, but out the window went that idea. And that's a great example of that's just not going to work for my son. For my daughter, however, such a good idea. Works so well because she's not as much of a passionate reader as he is. And so for her, it helps her get her minutes of reading in every day, mm. having that anticipation of I'm going to earn screen time. Such a testament to two different kids. So what works for one might not work for the other. What works for me as a parent might not work for every listener as a parent. But giving it a fair whack. You can't just try it a couple times. you got to give it its fair due. That's right. And we we have mentioned before how often that's around three days for a, a change to kind of take hold. Mm-hmm. And so give it give it a fair shot. And if if you do have a working parent or maybe both of you work, maybe you purposely try it over the weekend so that mm-hmm. during the uncomfortable transition, you're not also exhausted after being gone for nine hours or what what have you. But I'm really thrilled that you brought up different kids and that what works for one yes. may not work for another because Catherine's second question is, how often can you introduce a new parenting thing? Right. And, right, like, and do you have to leave a certain amount of space in between and things like that? Question. And so I'm glad you said that because I think there's two things around that. Number one, I'm going to come back to kids are adaptable. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how many of my parent coaching clients actually do what I call the rip the bandaid off approach and change several things at once. And guess what? It goes fine. Yeah. But also being sensitive to what are the different temperaments and needs of your kiddos? Mm-hmm. Because you might actually have a child who, when you make one change, that's enough maybe for a few weeks and you need to not upset the apple cart for a while while they adapt to that. Other kids are like, bring it on. You can shift things up and I'm okay and I actually like change. And Or they're even – they'd rather get it all over with at once. Yes. Right? Like I don't want to keep experiencing change. Just make all the changes. Let's get it done. Even if they don't realize that's how they're feeling about it, that you can tell that they're that kind of kid. Yes, that they're just wired in a way like I'd rather get all the hard over with so then right. I can mellow out. So I have to tell you an amazing story, and I don't think I've shared this on our podcast yet. So if I have, you have to stop me. Okay. So I can Fair cut enough. this out of this episode. But okay. So, you know, Dave is a twin, right? He has this twin sister. And I think I mentioned in the pregnancy episode that one of the things I did when I was pregnant was anytime I came across a twin, I would ask them. You did. What yeah. do you feel like your parents did really well with the twin thing? And what do you wish they'd done differently? So when my kids were like two and a half, I suddenly realized I had never asked Dave this question. I was like, well, no, I got to ask you that question. So I said, honey, just out of curiosity, 
What do you feel like your parents did really well around the twin thing? What do you wish they'd done differently? And Dave said, you know what I didn't like? Everything was equal and just the same. He said, we would have a coloring contest and my mom wouldn't pick a winner. And she also wouldn't say like, I like the colors in this one and the shapes in this one. She would say, I like them just the same. And I kind of wished that it had been more individual. I was like, okay, that makes sense. That's really in line with a lot of the stuff I had heard. So, but here's the twist to the story. So flash forward six months, my sister-in-law comes to visit his twin sister. And I say to her, you know, it's so funny. I've been asking this question for years and I realized I never asked your brother. I'd like to ask you, what do you feel like your parents did really well around the twin thing? And what do you wish they'd done differently? And I swear to you, Dina, out of her mouth comes, you know what I really loved? Everything was equal. Oh, and then wait for it. She gave the coloring contest example. No, I swear to you. She said, we'd have a coloring contest and my mom wouldn't pick a winner. She would say, I like them just the same. And I loved that. And it was just like, I just remember feeling in equal parts, completely defeated. Like, okay, well, how do I figure this out? But at the same time, totally relieved. It was like, I am one person. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not always going to make the right decision for both kids. I think I mentioned earlier about my kids, you know, we were trying to decide, do we split them up this year in different classrooms or not? What became really clear, and I will tell you that we ended up keeping them together for one last year, um, what became really clear was that we were going to make the wrong decision for one kid. And that was- Because they chose differently when you asked them. I remember you mentioning that. One wanted to split and one wanted to be together. And the reasons for splitting and being together were very much about them individually. And there was no right answer, which for me as a planner and a problem solver and a freaking parent coach was like, are you kidding me? I can't get this right. Um, And so I think sometimes it's been really interesting for me to have to make peace with that, that which child do I have to let down today in order to do right by the other one and try and keep that balanced, Mm -hmm. making sure you're not always catering to one. But the peace that comes with just knowing I'm, I'm going to get it wrong for one of them sometimes. And that's really hard. And that is an area of, of discomfort and growth that I'm forever working on. Well, and a real kind of specific challenge to being a twin parent. But the other nice thing is we work and we work on this and we talk about it even in the podcast is framing the positive. You have a pretty great chance of getting it at least partially right. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Small consolation, but, you know, it's there. But I do think that, like, you know, we – I think good parents want – really want to do right by their kids. They want to be perfect. And it's just a testament to the fact that you actually can't. It's not an achievable goal. No. And so that that story, I remember I shared it with my mother-in-law and she thought it was hilarious. And I said to her, but it's just proof that like you can't, you're not going to get it right every time. And I don't think that's just a twin thing. I think this specific situation is. But I think that even parents with kids of different ages, sometimes you are going to have to make a decision for one, that isn't necessarily going to benefit or help the other, but is the right decision for the family as a whole. Absolutely. And don't be afraid to be the parent on that. Yeah. If you if it's easier for you and your parenting partner, if you have one, to rip the Band-Aid off, maybe you just need to do that. And your person who would do better with it spaced out will have to you know, get on the bus. And the, the reverse could also be true. You might be the type of parents where a slow, methodical approach actually feels better, but Maybe your kids don't love that. And that also can be okay. We are okay at raising adults with you being the adult while you're trying to raise your adults. 
Yeah, absolutely. So if you have any listener questions, go ahead and send them to info at futurefocusparenting.com. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and all the places you can follow us, which is at Raising Adults Podcast. And for more information, you can go to futurefocusparenting.com or our podcast-specific site, which is raisingadultspodcast.com. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded in my laundry room. Music by the Seattle band Hannah Lee. You know what I'm going to say. If you like what you hear, please give us that five-star rating, that nice review. It's amazing what a difference those make. Tell your friends. Share us on Facebook and Instagram and all the places that you share things. And we can bring you more of the content that you're enjoying today. Thanks so much for listening.